start recording. Testing. We're recording now, and it's counting down. All right. Okay. Taylor, did you remember to hit record on? Okay. Great. Okay. Um, so this whole series called Bossy Pants has been really a creation of something that we've been thinking about, and that thought is this. I can't speak for you, but for me, I have had trouble in my life at times with authority and with submitting to authority. And so, but with this series, we've gone all the way back to kind of the beginning of authority, and that beginning of authority really begins with God himself. And that's kind of where we started with this series. We said this, you know, if someone has created something or made something, designed something, maybe invented something, if they are the creator of that, then that person as the creator, if that's what they invented, that belongs to them. If they created that, it belongs to them. And they get to kind of set all the boundaries, how it's going to be used, what it's going to be used for, because it's theirs. And so as the creator of that item, as the inventor of that item, they have this natural thing of this, uh, the authority over that item. And that's where we said, okay, so in our lives, with God as the creator, as the inventor of life, as the creator, he gets that position over all of his creation. Whether I recognize that or not, or I admit that or not, that's just kind of the law of creation. That's the way it works. And I don't have to agree with it, but that's just kind of the way it is. He gets the authority over that. We, don't, we can take that authority back ourselves because he's given us that freedom that freedom of choice, and he allows us to do that if we do. I came to the place in my life at some point um, when I was in high school where I decided, you know what, I'm giving, I had taken that authority for myself, and I said, you know what, I'm going to give this back. It, it belongs with God. It's actually safer with God, and that's when I became a Christ follower. Um, but we have been in this constant struggle. Even though I am a follower of Jesus, I still at times try to take that authority back and that power back in my life. I do it all the time. I do it. I, I try that daily, and that's because I sin. I mess up. I blow up daily. I blow up. I blow it daily, um, and so that's the reality. I'm trying to take that back, you know, in in a sense. But that's what this whole topic of authority for us has been about: is just recognizing, hey, God is creator. He is the ultimate authority. And God has chosen to communicate with us in a certain way. Now, I, I'm not God. So God being God, he chose to, to communicate with us what he wanted us to know and when he wanted us to know it and how he want us, wanted us to know it and to what extent for now he wants us to know it. And he chose to do that by selecting Handpicking by God, he handpicked some people to write down what he wanted them to write. And we call that, with one word we've used, we call it the Bible. Now, they didn't have the Bible back in the first century. They had the Old Covenant writings. And then they began, as we talked about uh, two weeks ago, collecting the New Covenant writings. And it's the New Covenant writings that we have kind of landed on and said, listen... God has used these to tell us what he wants us to know, the amount he wants us to know for now, and all. And so that's kind of how he has used. So God is the God of, who has ultimate authority. He's given us his word the way he wants us to understand it for now. He's given us that as his word. And so that word he's given us has ultimate authority. And we talked about this last week, or we at least mentioned it. When it comes to me as a, uh, one of your pastors, as a teacher, when it comes to me and God's word, we are not on the same plane. We're not on the same level. God's word, if I ever say anything that doesn't line up with God's word, I'm wrong. I'm just wrong. If Cole says anything, or if you were listening online last week, the guy who taught with me last week, one of the folks out of the Malvern Church, if, if we ever say anything that doesn't line up with God's Word, we're, we're wrong. God's Word always takes priority over any, any person, period. Any person of any position. 
It doesn't matter if they're the head of all the churches in the state of Arkansas. If there could be such a position, there's not. But if there could be, that person would be wrong if what they say doesn't line up with the Scripture. It doesn't matter what office they hold, whether it's in the government or whether it's with a religious organization, even if it's worldwide, if what they say does not line up with what God says, we, we're wrong. We've just understood something wrong. We're wrong. So that's where this whole, this whole topic of bossy pants, because we look at that and we say, ah, authority, just trying to be a bossy pants, just trying to be a bossy pants. Well, God's really not. He allows us to just walk away from him if that's what we want to do. And he'll let us do it. I don't call that a bossy pants. <laughs> he lets us. He lets us. We don't. He doesn't force us to follow him. And so, um, but we have a tendency in our thinking of just that in general. So for three weeks, we, so the first week we talked about God. Second week we talked about God's word. And Cole brought up some, some things to help us understand. Some of the ways we know it's God's word is God wrote history before history happened. We have a fancy word for that. It's called prophecy. And so God had those things written down by those people that he had selected. And they had not happened yet. And then at the appointed time, when God planned for them to happen, years later, centuries later, thousands of years later, in some case, they happen just as God had them written down. And that's just a little thing for us to say, oh, my goodness. This is from beyond. This is from another realm. God did really put all this together. We talked about that week two. Last week, we talked about how inside of the new covenant... How that first century, and when we say the first century, we're talking about those churches that existed in the years zero, which Christ wouldn't hear in the year zero physically, and the year uh, 99. Okay, Christ came around thir the 30s of that, and then he died. And then, um, so from the time Christ died, which was somewhere around 34-ish uh, A.D., from 34-ish to the end of that century, a lot of the people were still alive who walked with Jesus, okay? These first century churches, the very first churches that existed, these first century churches, we talked last week about how they saw the new covenant as it was coming together, these various letters that were being written by uh, the apostles. As they were being written, they saw those as scripture. Now we talked about that last week. You could catch that if you go to our Facebook page. I don't have it on SoundCloud yet. Uh, we'll get caught up as we get closer to getting back in the building. But it is on the Facebook page. And I would encourage you to go listen to that. We talked about how the new covenant itself talks about how that was. they, they viewed these, these incoming new covenant writings as scripture. It's pretty, pretty cool. So today... Let's just say, if we are to the point today that we understand that God is not acting in authority over us, like crushing us, you know. Well, Vanessa and I were talking on our way over here this morning. My mom used to have on top of the door, you know, there's all the little door frame. My mom kept on top of our door one of the green roof sticks from Lincoln Logs. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? They're just this little balsa wood thing. I don't remember her using it, but I know why they were there. They were up there because she had to threaten me. And she probably did use it, but I don't remember using it. And you're, some of you are saying, yeah, she should have used it more. And, <laughs> but she had one above every door. I mean, she had them wherever she needed them. And, she, you know, she had it there to threaten me. Well, God doesn't have to grab that balsa wood and threaten us with a roof stick from the Lincoln Log set. God is not coming at us as an aggressor, as an aggressive authority. God is actually coming at us as a loving Heavenly Father. Now, I just need to comment on this. I'm so going to work so hard at getting us on time today, but I've got to say this. So in this very room, it didn't look this way. It had pews and it had red carpet, didn't it? Okay. In this very room, I've got to say it because we're talking about a loving Heavenly Father. We don't all have the experience. Some of us, when we use the word Heavenly Father, we have trouble relating to that because we think of our earthly fathers and we think, oh my goodness, 
if my heavenly father treats me the way my, my earthly father treated me, I don't want anything to do with that. That may be the case for you. And I just want you to say, we're everywhere your father and me as a father have failed, our heavenly father is absolutely perfect. But I want to say this. My dad, my earthly father, I don't know how long it was, but for some years, he worked with the members of the North Maple Baptist Church right here. We have some right here who are with us today. And um, he, he taught from this. Was this stage here? It was, it just, it looked a little different. It, it was just, it, it, the whole room looked different. But my dad taught from right here for a couple years at least. Oh my goodness. And I get to teach from here today. My dad did. My dad died back in 2011. And so I'm getting to teach from the very same spot that my dad did. Although my dad was in boots and, and a coat and a tie probably. He looked much nicer than I do. So, anyway, so God does not come at us as an aggressor. He comes at us now. He could if he chose. He would have every right to. But God has chosen to come at us as a loving, heavenly father. And as this loving, heavenly father, he doesn't want us just to have to guess and try to figure out how do we understand him, how do we connect with him. He doesn't want us to flounder and just kind of figure out how does all of this work. So God chose to deliver his handwritten message to us. And he had specific people write down specifically what he wanted them to write down. And if that's the case, if our loving Heavenly Father has looked at his creation, and specifically you and me, and said, I want you to have what I've provided. I want you to understand. I want you to know me. And what he's given us has enough, he, he made it so, have enough that what he's given us is plenty for us to get to know him personally and plenty for us to find our way in this life, in this world. Because he's a loving heavenly father. It wouldn't be so loving just to put us out here and, and boot us out and just say, okay, go figure it out. And so he has given us what we need. And if that's the case, if he has given us what we need and he has written it down for us, then how seriously, this is a hypothetical or personal question here that we don't answer out loud. Just think about this. How seriously have we taken what he has provided and given us? What have we done with it? That speaks to me. When I think of the course of my day, days, and I think of what I find myself doing throughout the day, how much of that has been spent digging into what he has provided to say, this is how you know me. This is how you get to know me. This is how you begin to understand yourself. And understand what your purpose is in this life. How seriously have we taken what he has given us? And if you're like me, if there's a twinge of sting to that phrase, if you're like, oh my goodness, that hurt, you're in a great place today. Because we're not too late. We are not too late to take it more seriously. We're not. And we can start right now. We can start today. And I, I'm, I'm excited about that. So sometimes we look at God's Word and we kind of treat it like a magic genie. And we treat His words, we treat Him kind of from a, a, a perspective of, okay, God, I need this, I need this, I want this, I want this, I need you to do this for me, I need you to take care of this. We kind of treat Him as, you know, he, we say the right things, do the right things, and He goes to work and takes care of what we need. That's what we have a tendency to do. And a lot of times, that's pretty much it. That would summarize our relationship with God. And I would just have to say, well, what kind of relationship is that really? It's so one-sided. It's us saying, God, I need this. I want this. I, I want you to take care of this. Maybe we do want things from God. We certainly do need things from God. But maybe we just don't want to take the time 
to listen to him, to get to know him. We just want him to go and kind of meet our needs, take care of what we want. Um, but God has given us a very important way to listen to him and to take this in and bring it into our lives. And so the question is, this past week, how seriously have we taken that one single way that he's given us to really get to know him? And today, um, we want to see if we can take that a step further. There was a guy one time, and he was wanting to kind of figure some things out in life because his life was kind of off the rails. Things weren't going so well for him. And he was like, okay, I kind of need to give this Bible thing a try. I kind of need to figure it out. Is it really going to work for me? And so he brought a big old family Bible out, and um, he had it on the table there. He said, I'm not sure where to start because I don't know anything about it. He was thinking himself. So he did the famous... Bible flip, which is he flipped through the Bible, he closed his eyes, flipped through the Bible, and he took his finger and he landed on a spot, and where he landed, he said, surely God is going to tell me what I need to do, and he looked and he read it, and this is what he read, it, it, it didn't work out so great for him, um, and when he read, this is, this is what he came to, let me find it, uh, here it is, Mark Chapter 10, verse 21. And it said, go sell all your possessions and give all your money to the poor. He was like, oh my goodness. Are you kidding me? This can't be what God has for my life. This is crazy. So he said, I'm going to give another try. Closes his eyes, he flips through the Bible. He flips through several pages, making sure he gets far away from that one. And he takes his finger and he lands. And this time he had gone the other direction. He's in Luke chapter 10, verse 37. And it says, go and do likewise. <laughs> Wait a minute. I think I might go back to my magic eight ball. And so he does the flip again. He's saying, God, surely this can't be right. He's flipping through the Bible, puts his finger down. He lands in John 13, verse 27. And it says, what you're about to do, go and do quickly. He says, one last try. I'm about to lose my faith. This is a bunch of nonsense. This doesn't work. So one last time, he flips through the Bible, puts his finger down. He opens his eyes to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32, and it says, how much more do I need to say? <laughs> All right. The Bible is not a magic eight ball. The Bible is really is not to be treated like... If we just kind of jump in and find that one secret verse, that one secret passage, we can take that and apply it to our life and it's going to kind of like magically fix everything. That's not what it's designed for. That's not why he gave it to us. In fact, I would even say if that's the way we treat it, we're kind of getting close to treating it like the magic eight ball. But that's not what it is. And so if God has provided us with this, it's our way of helping us find our way to God. It's our way of knowing about Him, and it's really the only way He gave us to really know Him personally. And it's how we know ourselves, and He's given us to know how to follow Him every single day of our lives. If that's the case, then how do we interact with this thing called the New Covenant how do we interact with it? What do we do with it? How do we take that and use it? How do we discover what God has given us and provided for us and discover what he wants for us? So we can use one phrase to say that. How do we study his word? That's what we're going to talk about today. Today might feel a little bit more like a seminar than a teaching, but I guess a teaching, is, a seminar is teaching. So I guess we're in the right place. It is going to work out. Today we're actually going to learn how together, and for some of you this might be review, so it'll be just good review, I hope. We're going to learn how to study the Bible today. Let's jump right in. Now, that's why if you have gone to that and downloaded that, I mean, hit, hit that link, you're in the right place. Those verses are going to be there for you. They're going to be on there for you. 
Um, and here's the first one. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. I've also got it in the writing. Someone said this morning, I didn't bring my glasses. <laughs> I didn't bring my glasses, so uh, it may be written too small. But I am going to read it. Here it is. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. And now, just as you accepted Christ. So, number one, this is written to people who are followers of Jesus. And I want you to know this. Even if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, what we're talking about today Hey, listen, this gives you a peek behind the screen, behind the curtain of what a follower of Jesus, when they begin to follow him, what part of that is. So don't feel the pressure. If you're not yet a follower of Jesus, just kind of listen and understand. This is what part of what we do as a follower of Jesus. So, and now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. And that follow him is like really kind of walking with him. You could even use the phrase live with him. So even as you've trusted him, he says to, to, to save you, he says, now you must live with him, continue to live with him, to follow him, to walk with him. And it's not kind of following from a distance. We talked about this a few weeks ago. It is being hot on his trail so that if he were walking, the dust that's kicking up is getting all up in your face. That's how close you're following him. He steps, we step. He steps, we step. And the only way for us to do that today, the only way we can do that today, because we can't see him out there. God's spirit's around, but we don't see him. So we don't know how to follow him, we don't know how to get close to God unless we follow him through his word. We get real close to God through his word. And we said this last week as we ended, if we do that, then God's spirit is our guide. God's spirit himself is our guide. Let's keep on going. Verse 7, let your roots grow down into him. Now this phrase gives us this picture. And you see that picture of a tree and the roots are growing down. Now, here's the cool thing about this phrase. The Greek language is an amazing language. It is so much more diverse than our language. We read that and we say, yeah, that's a pretty picture. But let me give you some more depth to this phrase. Let your roots grow down into him. What this is implying is that something happened back here in your past. Something in your past happened. And in that moment, God himself gave you roots into Jesus, okay, metaphorically. It happened in your past. That happened, and it was completed. In your past, somewhere, if you're, he's speaking to followers of Jesus. So if you're a follower of Jesus, somewhere in your past, you decided to follow Jesus, and in that moment, your roots went into him and they were there, and they're solid, they're not going anywhere, and it was completed. But it also, not only did that happen, but here's what this phrase means in the Greek. There's something else that's going on still today. So that happened in your past, and your roots grew down into him, and it was completed, solid, never to be undone. But then something is still happening and rooting still today. Your past, completed, done can't be undone, but still happening today, still going on today. I think that is so cool. It's a wonderful picture. Past and still the present. Rooted in the past, and it's completed, but still going on today. Let's, let's keep going. Now he's going to kind of switch gears in this picture he's painting from a tree and roots. Now he's going to go to construction. Okay, here we go. And let your lives be built on him. Now, so now he's given us the picture of construction, all right, being built. It's interesting to note here, we, as the followers of Jesus, are not doing the building. Someone else is doing the building. You are not doing the building. He, God, is doing the building. Someone else is taking this foundation and the foundation is Jesus and building something on top of it, you being built. You're, it's not up to you in this case right here. Not yet. He's doing that. He builds. And now we're talking about the present. So that was the past rooted and being rooted. And now you're being built. And that's in the presence. Slowly being built up. And it takes time. It's a process 
It's going to happen for the rest of your lives and my life. It's a process. So importantly here, don't give up. During this process, sometimes it's going to be messy. And during this process, there's going to be some people in our lives that let us down. During this process, there will be people in your church that let you down. And people in your church that hurt you. And people in your, and, and in your life and in your family. And some of these processes that are building us up are also going to hurt. They're going to be a little bit painful. Some of them are going to be awesome. But some of them aren't. And so there's this idea of let the building continue. Let him keep building you and creating you and making you. So these are the images that are coming here. So he says, when this happens, we have this building going up. You are in the process, and I'm in the process, of becoming a divine piece of architecture. <laughs> now, you may have never considered yourself a piece of architecture, but I, I have. I've considered myself a barn for years. <laughs> A very wide barn. But he's making me a better piece of architecture. And he says, as this is going, he keeps going. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. Again, someone else is growing you strong. You're not out there growing yourself strong in this case. Someone else is doing that growing for you. And it's God. So he rooted you, he's still rooting you. He's got the foundation of Jesus and building you. And as he's building, you're getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And guess what? You haven't done anything yet except said, I'm going to follow him and stay close to him. I'm going to eat his dust. That's all we've done. He's growing you stronger and stronger and stronger as you go. And then here comes our turn right here. And you will overflow with thankfulness. Now, this word overflow, it's kind of misleading because for me, I think of, and I've used this illustration many times, I think of uh, Dr. Pepper is the worst. I love Dr. Pepper, but you pour it in, it's going to overflow. I mean, you got to be watching your game. It's going to hit the top of that glass, it's coming out, it overflows. And that glass didn't do anything for it to overflow, right? That's the image I get with overflow, but that's not what this is talking about. This is talking about an overflow that's a little bit more like not a Dr. Pepper overflowing out of the glass. It's a little bit more like a geyser that is blasting out of the ground. That's the image here. And in this case, we're the geyser. We're the geyser. And we're making a choice to let our lives overflow, gush is a good word, to let our lives gush with thankfulness. Not passively, but a powerful gush out of our lives. It's a natural response that comes next. When we realize and understand what God did when he rooted us and what he's still doing now as he's rooting us daily now and what he's doing now as he's building us up, building on that foundation, making us stronger and stronger and stronger, then we are in a position to say, what else can I do but gush about this? That's what he's talking about. That's a pretty cool concept. As God does what he does, that was all his work, and he has this foundation he's laid. He builds this building on it. He strengthens it. And then like a geyser, we gush all about Jesus. That's what happens. And that's what happens when we do what we're going to be talking about today. That's what happens. Now, I want you to get this idea of this metaphor all joined together. we got the tree and the building, let's put them all together and think with me for a moment. Here's the image that Paul gives us. We have a beautiful building that has been designed by a master architect, constructed by the world's best uh, builder, 
And then it was looked at and approved by the most stringent code inspector. All right? And then it's decorated in the front by an enormous, I think of pictures I've seen from Italy, by an enormous, awe-inspiring, giant fountain gushing in front. And that fountain is placed there in honor of the architect, the builder, and the inspector who are all the same person. That's the picture that Paul gives us of what will happen in our lives when we take God's word and we place it inside our lives. That's what we're going to be talking about today. So how do we study this thing that we call the scriptures? How do we study them? I'm going to suggest this, that the scriptures are best read slowly. And I think the scripture, now I, I do want to preface this, let me say. You may have a way that you study the scriptures. I'm not trying to correct you at all. I'm just giving you a way to study the scriptures, okay? This is just a way. If you don't have a plan right now, this is a plan, and it could help you, okay? That's all this is. This is not saying this is the way, all right? It's not. It's a way. And so I want to suggest that perhaps they're best studied in this way, slowly, and not taking in mass quantities, but taking smaller quantities and really savoring those, like I'm going to do in two weeks with the breakfast. But you know what? That, that analogy breaks down because I'm also taking in mass quantities. <laughs> I'm going to get more than four to eight verses. But we're suggesting for you to take in a paragraph at a time. But not to do the scripture flip and just put your finger in and say, okay, I'll read that paragraph. We're going to encourage you to take a new covenant book or letter and to read through that every day just a little bit, but one paragraph a day. One paragraph at a time. So you take about four to eight verses and you go, you go really hardcore with those four to eight verses. It's hard to make an entire letter out of the Bible apply to your life because there's so much there. It's like trying to drink, get a little bit of tiny drink out of a fire hydrant. Doesn't work. Take a little bit and take that and drive it deep. Four to eight verses, about a paragraph. We're going to encourage you to select one book out of the New Covenant and start at the beginning and work your way all the way through that book, just one paragraph at a time. One paragraph at a time. When you hit the end, then we're going to encourage you, hey, pick another one now out of the New Covenant. And we're going to encourage the New Covenant. Take another one out of the New Covenant. One paragraph at a time. One paragraph at a time. All the way through. And then when you're done with that, go to another one. And this process never stops. This side of heaven never stops. For the rest of our lives, if we're following Jesus, just another, take another book and then go back. And yeah, you'll do them two or three times. But guess what? Each time you go through it, God's going to bring more to you. More to you. So, four to eight verses, one book at a time out of the New Covenant all the way through. And so today, we're actually going to practice that. Now, I didn't want to start at the very beginning today for us. But I'm going to encourage you to go to the very beginning of the book that you choose. But today... We're going to start a few verses in because the, the beginnings are almost always greetings. And I wanted to get you at least a little bit more meat today. And so, or we'll call them hash browns since we got breakfast coming out. We're going, we want you to have some more hash browns here today. So this is how it's going to work. We're going to, we're going to use uh, four verses. Uh, if you have the handwritten thing or the typed up thing that's there, if you have uh, the smartphone, it's on your smartphone. The first thing that we're going to do is read these four to eight verses. Today we're starting with Colossians chapter 1. We jumped to verse 19. I'm going to encourage you to jump to verse 1, but today we're going to start with verse 19. I'm going to read these four verses for you. It's on there. It's on your smartphone. And we're going to read it. Then I'm going to read it again. I might read it a third time, but that's what you do. You just kind of read it until it begins to make a little bit more sense, okay? So let me read it today. You can follow along there. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. 
wow, do I wish I could stop there and just talk about that. But I'm not. Verse 20. And through him, that's Christ, through Christ, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth. And here's how. By means of Christ's blood on the cross. Those first two verses, that's pretty amazing. We could stop there, but we're going to add two more. Paul's writing this letter, and he says to the people who's writing, this includes you who are once far away from God. And I would just like to say, it includes me too, who has often been far away from God. He says, this includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated by him, from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet, he says, now he has reconciled you to himself, and here's how, through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. All right, I'm going to read that again. That is an amazing four verses. Do you understand how if we just kept going, we wouldn't have time to let that sink in. We'd be on to the next. We'd be almost finished with that whole chapter in Colossians. And this, the, the amazingness of these four verses, we wouldn't even get to really taste it. So I'm going to read it again, and that'll probably be enough. And then we're going to move on to our next step. Here we go. Colossians 1, 19 through 22. For God in all of his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, that's Christ, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet, now he has reconciled you to himself through his death, through the death of Christ in his physical body. And as a result, he has brought you into his own presence and... And this is in the present tense here. And you are holy. And you are blameless as you stand before him. This very moment, as you stand before him without a single fault. Wow. All right. Now, here, now we're going to start studying this. And we're going to actually practice it today. No one is going to read me anything that they write down or anything they put in their phone. So have no fear. All right, This is between you and this is between God. So let's study it. How do we study it? The first thing we do is we look at it. And we just simply say, what we just read, what does it say? And if we can kind of put that passage in our own words, then that means we're kind of beginning to understand what it says. And so that's really what this first section is about. We began to look at that passage and answer some basic questions to help us understand it more. Sometimes we can ask, like, who was it written to? We would have to do a little more studying than we're able to do this morning. Where was, the, what was the context of, of the writing? Again, that's a little bit more than we have time for today. And why was it written? You know, those are questions we might not be able to answer today. But we can certainly talk about what is this passage about and what is it telling me? What does it tell me about God? What does it tell me about myself? Those are important things to answer. When we read a passage, we can look for some certain things too. We can look for some commands. Maybe God in that passage is saying, hey, do this or avoid this. We can look for commands. We can also look for instructions. We can look for warnings where he says, whoa, watch out for this. We can look for cautions. There's also many times where there are encouragements. He just wants to encourage you and lift you up, build you up. All kinds of things. So we can just look for things that just kind of speak to us. So after we've read it, and then we look at it very closely, then we just simply want to say, okay, what is this saying? Now here's what the first section is on your piece of paper. Here's what I want you to do. We're going to have a little thing playing for about a minute and a half or so. This is going to be fast. We're not going to have time to finish. I just want you to get started. I want you to write down in your own words what is 
that passage saying? Write it down in your own words. We'll have this video on the screen while it's going. So just do that right now. Take about a minute and a half to do that. probably not going to get finished with that, but I just wanted you to get a start to understand. That's that's how you begin to write down. Here's what it's saying, and you're explaining it in your own words, so that way um, you know it's making more sense to you. Let me give you a caution and a help before we move on. Here's the caution. Studying the Bible in the first century was almost never done in isolation. It was almost never done alone, just you and the Scripture. Nobody had their own copies of Scripture. They were all at the synagogue. They didn't have their own copy. Now we have our own copy. And so we have moved, uh, you know, centuries now later to where Bible study for us now largely is something we have done on our own. I just want to encourage you, if you ever come up with, like, what you feel like is an epiphany where you say, wow, Here's what this means. But nobody else thinks that's what it means. <laughs> I want to caution you. Let me use me. If that's me and I've come up with, here's what it means. No one else has done this. I've got a, I've got a word for it. I've got an opinion. I'm wrong. <laughs> God hasn't kept it a secret like that. If I'm the only one or there's just a few of me, and they're easier to find now because we have the interwebs, if just a handful of us think this about a passage of Scripture, we're probably wrong. I'm not going to discover something, but this has been around thousands of years. I'm not going to discover something. God's not going to give me an insight that He hasn't already given people who are a lot, a lot closer to Him than me. It's not going to happen. So be careful, be cautious. Here's the help, though. You're also going to find some areas in there that just don't make sense. I still do. I still find areas, to me, that just don't make sense. I don't understand them. But I just want you to know, that's okay. Here's one thing you can do. You can jump, you can look up other places in the New Covenant where God has talked about that same topic that can sometimes help you understand one where you're kind of stuck and having trouble. But here's, here's the other thing I want you to know. If, if you still don't understand it, that's okay. Here's what you need to do. Just make a note right there and say, you know what, I don't understand this yet. God hasn't really filled this, the blanks in here for me yet. Someday he will. Someday he will. But not yet today. And it's okay to have those places where you just don't understand. It's okay. And it's also, it's expected. So that's a caution. That's a help. Now let's move on. Here's the next section. Now this next section, so the first one was called look at it. This next one is called let's life it. Let's take what God has written and let's apply it to my personal, your personal life. Here's the question. How does my life measure up to what I just read. So if God has given me a standard or God has given me some information here, how does my personal life measure up to that? Now we're talking. 
We don't read the Bible. We don't read the books that make up the new covenant. We don't read them to get more information so we can become smart. We read them so that God can change us. And here's the first part of that. What part of my life does not measure up to what I just read? So after we understand that passage, we now look at it and say, okay, where am I missing the mark? Now, there may be some areas in your life where, you know what, God has already been working and strengthening you, and you might say, listen, he's brought me a long ways. I look at this and I say, wow, he is bringing me along. But then there are going to be other areas where you say, well, I am kind of missing the mark here. And so just analyze that and look at that. Where am I missing the mark? Or where has God been in the process of already helping me improve? And be specific in your answer. Ready? That's the next section. Let's write that down. At least get at least one thing in there. What in your life? Measure it against the standard or against his word. Let's do that right now. you have at least one thing in there. I know it's not enough time to do it all, but I hope you have at least one thing. And I just want to say this, you're doing great. You're doing great. If you've been thinking in your mind here, if you've been processing that with God, thinking through that, you were doing great. Now it's on to this next step. And this next step is where we get traction. This is where things begin to move in our lives. So we're going to plan how we can allow God to do something in us today. And this next section is called live it. So the first one, we're going to look at it. The second one, we're going to life it, apply it to our lives. The third section, we're going to then plan on how can we begin to live it? How can we live this today? How can we? What do I need to do to allow God to do in my life to help me live this passage a little bit more today? This is the whole point. The whole point of getting into God's Word is to allow His Word to change us with the help and the guidance of His Spirit throughout the day, every day. Now, we don't study His Word so we can know more. That's not why we do it. We study His Word so we can be like Him more. So are you ready? We're getting ready to get us at least one assignment today. You're in charge of your own next step today, and here it comes. We're getting ready to do it. You're going to just write down, okay... If this is what it said, this is how I measure up. God, here's where I need you to do something in my life. And that's where you tell him what it is. And you're going to write that down. Let's talk to him right now and let's do that on the paper. have at least one assignment. And here's what I want to encourage you. If we would do this every day or three or four times a week, our lives are going to begin to gush and overflow with that thankfulness. It happens. God's doing all that work and then we're just going to gush and we're going to overflow. So I do have one next step for you and this is it. 
I'm going to encourage you to begin with the book of Colossians, this letter of Colossians. Start at the beginning and one paragraph at a time a day. Work your way through the entire book of Colossians. And then at the end of that, however long that takes, at the end of that, then go pick you another one out of the new covenant. All right? And do that. And, and then never stop. This is a big next step. This is huge. I know it. But that's my encouragement to you. Now, we've done something to make it just a little bit easier. And here's what we've done. We've talked about this many, many times in the past. But we have this thing called Power Pack Online. And you might like to handwrite all your stuff. And you can create your own journal and just work through and have your own Bible study notebook. And you can do that. And that's awesome. Just find a way that works. If you want a little more structure, I've got a thing called Power Pack Online. It's all free. We built that website just for you. Power Pack Online. Dot com, no spaces, powerpackonline.com. That's for you. And not only will it teach you how to do a, a Bible study what, like we've talked about today, there are other elements there too. And you can print out pages and you can fill in those pages yourself or you can create your own journal. But if you like to do everything online, if you want to be able to do it from your smartphone in the parking lot, wherever you work, if you want to do it from your smartphone, we've added another thing that goes along with the powerpackonline.com and there is a link uh, if you just pulled this up on your smartphone that link is down on the bottom I got a link to the power pack and I've got a link to the online form that will have you copy that form to yourself and then you just fill it in every day from your phone it's all yours it doesn't go to me it's yours it goes to your own Google account it's kinda tied to Google you have to be among the Googlers to be able to use it but all right, we hope you will. We hope you will. Let's take, let's take him serious. Let's take seriously what he's given us. And let's allow it to come into our lives. And let's let it change us slowly over the course of time. And we're going to close with a song. But before we do that, I want to I lead us in a prayer. Jesus, you told us in your word, and you just told us straightforward. That if we would just take what you've given us, if we would take that, that foundation of Jesus and allow you to build our lives upon that, you're the master. If we would just simply learn to live him, you're deeply rooting us, those who are following you, you're rooting us in Jesus and it's upon that foundation that you're going to build our lives. And you're guiding us and you're leading us around right now through your words. And your spirit's going to guide us. And God, now I just pray that we would do what you are teaching. Whatever we find in those words, may we allow you to put them in our lives so that we can live them. May we quit just reading. May we quit just studying a subject and may we start living that. And when we do, that living spring you've placed inside of our lives will spill over, will gush over into thankfulness. God, I ask you to do this. Bless us with change in our lives and direct proportion to how we pursue you, Jesus. In your name we pray these things. Amen.
talk over this. I am so glad y'all have been here today. I hope you've been encouraged. I hope you've been, uh, I hope we didn't slap you around any. I'm in this with you. I, I, I look at my, my week last week and I think, okay, did I, did I do what I needed to do? So I'm right here with you. Um, and I hope you'll be back this coming Sunday, July 4th. If you're in town, come celebrate with us. We'll be here. We're going to celebrate Jesus, though. And I hope you'll be here. Um, and then the next week, oh, thank you, Lynn. If you have a baby bottle that you put coins in for that, that thing, um, that ministry, um, you, <laughs> I'm so smooth. I mean, I just, why I, you know, yeah, I, um, so if you do have one of those, you can bring that with you next week, and that would be fine. We're going to try. Uh, in fact, Rusty knows where the ministry is, and we'll probably get him to deliver those for us. So you can bring that with you next week um, if you have that. Um, and so that's all I can think I need to let you know about. Um, pray. we got folks who are hurting and, and struggling, some who aren't here, some who, who came through. Pray for them. Uh, we got folks who are in their way transitioning through this life, uh, this very, you know, uh, these, these days that we're in right now. So pray for those folks and people who are in our church and, um, and be thinking about them. And I can't think of uh, anything else I need to let you know about. I'm going to be thinking about you guys this week from probably the Smoky Mountains, maybe. We're on our way. We're going to leave here, and we're going to head that direction. So um, uh, pray for all those people that are getting ready to make me mad. <laughs> I'm joking. Not really. Um, so <laughs> it's going to be fun. Um, and I can't think of anything else. We're not out too late. Um, I'm going to be hanging around for just a minute before we hit the road. But uh, uh, we'll see you here next week. And then just be thinking about that breakfast. is going to be delicious. Yes, thank you. Yeah, in the condo that, uh, that, that collapsed. Uh, thank you for mentioning that. Um, and still searching for people. Um, so please pray for those families. Um, so let's do that. Let's close in prayer right now. God, thank you so much for this day. And I just pray that as we move through our week that we would be drawn to chase after you, to pursue you, to stay so close to you, God, through your word. That's the way you've given us to do it now, to stay so close to you through your word that, God, we are covered in your dust. And, God, we pray for the folks in our community that are hurting. We pray for those that are seeing loved ones who are in the process of transitioning from this life. And God, we pray for those who have gone through tragedy this week and, and just, just immense pain and tragedy. We pray for those families in Florida, God. We ask that you would raise up many, many, many people who love you and who pursue you to love these people who are hurting so desperately. And God, I pray that uh, we would just simply do whatever you ask us to do and that our answer to you would be yes before we even know what you ask and may that be the case in our lives God we we ask that you uh, continue what you started here this morning in our lives this week as we look in that letter that you had written to the Colossians and we pray this all in the name of Jesus amen